0: Good to see everybody out this morning. I'm sure that uh, there are times in your life when you were a kid, maybe you've said it as a parent, if you just did what you were told to do, you wouldn't be in this situation. That's kind of what Jesus is telling us. Just do what you're told to do. There's something about obedience or obeying that people don't want to listen to. They don't want to do that. It's kind of like a four-letter word. But to obey is something that is important. And you can see that there's puzzle pieces on the screen of love, joy, and obey. And all of those fit together in a various way to help us understand that you have to have all three in order to have success in life. To be what God wants us to be. I know that there has been times that uh, someone's asked me to perform a ceremony at their wedding. And they've told me, I don't want you to use that word obey. I don't want that word obey in, in our uh, ceremony. I don't usually use that word anyways. But there's something about to love, honor, and obey that is very important in that relationship. Whether those words are said or not, obedience is something that is necessary in our relationship with God. We don't like uh, to hear that we need to be obedient or to obey. We like the the phrases, uh, break all the rules. Rules are made to be broken. There's no laws or no morals or no codes. We don't want any of those things. And I think that we're living in a society that seems to be pushing that agenda more and more on us. Some think that any restrictions or guidelines is some form of tyranny. But we need to be reminded that God set up government to protect good people from evil. And so there must be rules and there must be regulations that we must live by in order to be what God wants us to be. Our children, I think, are sometimes confused. I think that we see that in our world today where they don't know what's right and what's wrong. That definition seems to be changing uh, quite often about what's accepted in our day as opposed to what was accepted in days past. And you hear people say, well, we want to defund the police. Because we don't want any enforcers. I guess they think that if you defund the police that our society is going to be some kind of utopia. That everything's going to be good. That there's not going to be any problems. Let me just remind us all that there are evil people out there and there will always be evil people out there that we need to be protected from. There's not going to be some utopia because all laws are destroyed or gotten gotten rid of. But we need to understand that obedience is something that Jesus is talking about in John chapter 15. Verses 10 and 11, it says, "...if ye keep My commandments, ye shall abide in My love, even as I have kept My Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you that ye may have joy... Or that My joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So in the same breath or in the same uh, uh, context here, Jesus uses three words. Love, obey, and joy. And all of those are very important words and when they are all fit together like they're supposed to be, I think that we'll see what Jesus is trying to help, help us to have in our lives. It will help us to be joyous when we do what we're supposed to do. And so, first of all, let's look at what he talks about love. We'll try that one. We need to abide in his love, and that's what Jesus is telling us. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 and ninth through 19. It says, That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Jesus wants us to be full of love, and we see that in the life of Christ, that He came to this earth so that you and I could have the, the forgiveness of sin. He gave His life. Why? Because He loved us, and He wants us, you and me, to have that love for each other and to abide in the love that He has for mankind. He wants us to have that kind of love. And he wants it in your heart and he wants it in mine. In Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39, listen to what Paul writes. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What could separate us from Christ loving us? Think about that. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, And there's nothing that can take place out there that can cause them to stop loving us. They care about us, and they want us to be saved. Now, we can turn our back on Christ. We can turn our back on God. We can walk away from Him. But God still loves us, and He wants us to come back. And I think that that's demonstrated in the parable that Jesus gave of the prodigal son who left. He went away, but that father still cared for his son. He still loved his son, and he waited for him to come home. God cares about us. And persecution can't separate us from that love. Nor anything that anyone else could do to us. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from that love. And so He wants us to abide in His love. And we've talked about abiding in Christ. And when we abide in Christ, that involves our love for Him as a, and also His love for us. It's not a one-way street where He loves us and we can do whatever we want. Jesus is telling us what we need to have in our lives to demonstrate our love for Him. And so it's easy to think of love in some romantic way or in some utopian terms, but really, that's not what that's not what it's talking about here. You see, when we love someone, that love is based upon trust. And sometimes it's very hard to, to love someone that you cannot trust. Trust is involved. And trust requires obedience and rules. Just like in that marriage, people work together. To love, honor, and obey, well, that's an important step. You love that individual, you honor that person, and they're gonna, their obedience is involved. Why? Because you want to please that individual. And our obedience to the Lord is because we want to please Him. We love Him. He cares about us. He loves us. And we want to demonstrate that love not just by verbal words, but by our actions. And we trust our Lord. And in a marriage, the question is asked, do you promise to be faithful to Him and to Him alone? Well, isn't that the point of the marriage? You're making a commitment to each other that you're going to be faithful to each other. Now, are there going to be any rules or regulations in that marriage? There most certainly is. The husband has to love his wife as Christ loved the church. She's to do the things that Peter talked about for a wife in a life that she lives. And so there's responsibilities that we have. And for that marriage to work, each side has to accommodate and live up to the responsibilities that they have. The church is the bride of Christ. It's like we're married to Christ. We trust Him. What happens when a spouse fails to trust that other spouse? That marriage starts to break down. When we, God has never done anything for us to doubt Him, we can trust Him. The question is, can He trust us? You see, we've made a commitment as a Christian when we obeyed the gospel, when we went down in that water, we came up out of that water, we made a commitment to our Lord that we would serve Him. How long tomorrow? No, for the rest of our lives. It's a lifelong commitment. It isn't something that you obey the Gospel today and then go back out into the world and do whatever you want to do. It's a commitment that we're going to serve Him. Why? Because we see the love that He had for us. We want to extend that love back to Him. And so the second point is, Jesus says obey His commandments. In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8-9... through it says, "...so he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him." Obedience is something that's very important. Love is something that we understand and we, we, we see the importance of love. We see that importance in that relationship. Obedience is something that is very important in our relationship with God. Jesus came to this earth, he lived a life of an example, he died on the cross, he became the author of eternal salvation. He tells us what we need to know in order to be saved, but then listen to what it says there in that verse that eternal salvation is to all them that what? obey him. That's not a suggestion. He's telling us that we need to obey Him if we want to be saved. And brothers, sometimes we're miserable people because we know that we're not doing what we're supposed to do. We're not living the way uh, that God wants us to live. That we may not have the love for each other that we should or even the love for Christ that we should. John chapter 12 and verse 48. Jesus says, "He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day." So here we, we find that he's the author of eternal salvation to those that obey him. So in our obedience, who do we obey? The words that Jesus spoke. And those words also would include the words that the apostles give us that help us in this life to live a faithful life in service. To him. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. That simple verse there tells us that we have to do God's will if we want to have heaven as our home. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, Jesus says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. So, do those go together? Is obedience important with our love? If we love Christ, is it important that we obey Him? I think that we can see how those two pieces of the puzzle fit together. That if we love Christ, we want to do what He's told us to do. And it's just that simple. And in fact, the apostles realized how important it was to obey the words of Christ. They had been told to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. They had that commission. We see on the day of Pentecost that Peter and the other apostles stood up and they preached that gospel. And there were about 3,000 souls that were added to the church. We can move over into chapter 4 and chapter 5 of the book of Acts. And we can see that people weren't happy with that decision. They weren't happy with the apostles doing what they were told to do. And they were taken before councils they were beaten, they were told not to preach the word, but listen to what Peter says in Acts chapter 5, beginning of verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, "We ought to obey God rather than men. Why would he make that statement? Why is it important that we obey God instead of men? Verse 30, "The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. And we are His witness of these things, and so it is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey Him. Why is it important to obey God rather than man? Because God created us. God put us here for a purpose. And God has gone to a great Gone into great detail in telling us what we need to do in order to be saved. We think of terms like children, you know, children obey your parents. And then we say, well, I'm not a child. Why do I need to do that? Because God is our Father, He's our Heavenly Father, and He knows what's best for us. There's so many problems in our world today and there's so many problems sometimes in our lives because we don't look at the book and we don't apply the book. And I don't know how many times I've heard, and probably you've heard the same thing, when you show someone what they need to do, not only to be saved, but other problems in their life where the Bible uh, talks about it and would help them if they would just follow through. You show them what the Bible says and you say, you need to put this in your life. And say, yeah, I know, but I can't. It's too hard. It's too difficult. Jesus never said that living the Christian life was going to be easy. You look at that person that lives with you. Look at You can look at them right now if you want to. But you look at that individual. Are they always easy to live with? Don't shake your heads and don't, don't give me any indication. I don't want to know. But think about it we're not always easy to get along with each other. brother. we need to understand that we are children in God's family. That God is our Father. And that there may be times where we seem unlovable, but God still loves us. And if we just did what He told us to do, our lives would be much better off. As I mentioned in Bible class this morning, take the Scripture. Go outside and put it to the test. Try it out in your life. Maybe there's something wrong that you realize is wrong and the Bible addresses that. Go out there and see if you can practice what the Bible teaches. And if you put it in, honestly put it into effect, your life will be better. So we need to obey God. You see, obedience. is a decision that we make to follow. You think about that. Rules and laws that we have in our society, when we are obedient to them, that means that we're going to follow that law. When we obey the Gospel, we've made a decision that we're going to follow Christ. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, and verse 24, that we are to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. If we deny ourselves, that means I don't matter. My will does not matter. What matters is the person I'm following. And so I deny myself. I take up that cross. And I'm going to follow Jesus. He's going to be my leader. He's going to guide me. And He does that through His Word. The words that we're going to be judged by, according to John chapter 12 and verse 48. It's a promise to stand by his side no matter what the cost may be. And that's exactly what the apostles did. They counted it a joy and a blessing to suffer persecution for the name of Christ. That's love talk about something separating us from the love of Christ could persecution it didn't per, it didn't stop peter persecution didn't stop paul It still remained faithful and you can see the joy that that uh, paul had on different occasions and so it's more than morals and rules and codes it is self denial it 's not just a uh, it 's not a checklist that we go through and yes i haven 't committed adultery yes i haven 't lied no i haven't i haven 't done all these things it 's not a checklist like that it 's denying self and following Christ. look at his example, look at his life, study him, understand him, and I think the closer that we we get to God the more we're going to be like what God wants us to be. I said it before that sometimes you know you send your kids over to somebody's house and they hang out with somebody and they come home and you can see them acting like that. Our grandkids get, get told that all the time. You're, you're with Papa and you're acting like Papa. Well, that happens. But we're supposed to be of good influence. And when we're close to Christ our life will change. And it will change for the better. And if your life is miserable, if you're unhappy, if you have no joy, then maybe you need to open the book and get close to our Lord. He's our Savior. He can change people. That young man that came to Jesus and wanted to know what he needed to do to inherit eternal life, And Jesus told him, go and sell his possessions and give it to the poor and come follow Him. He went away sorrowful. Why did he go away sorrowful? Because Jesus didn't tell him what he wanted to hear. Jesus told him what he needed to do. He didn't want to make those changes. Sometimes we are sorrowful. Sometimes we're miserable because we know what the Bible teaches us that we should do, but we just don't want to do it. It's too easy to just go on doing what we're doing, living like we're living, when we should be doing what Jesus has told us to do. Do you think that it's hard to deny self? Do you think that it's hard to follow Jesus? It's not when you consider the benefits that we have. The joy, the peace that passes all understanding, the comfort of knowing that we have a home in heaven, knowing that we're living a life faithful to our Lord, that brings joy to our heart. And so Jesus goes on to tell us that your joy may be full. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Brethren, we should be the happiest people on earth. We should be the most content people on earth. Why? Because we have Christ. And we have that. And Christ, if He's living in us like He's supposed to be, we have that joy. And that joy should be expressed in our lives. People should be able to see that we have peace and that we have that comfort of knowing that God is with us. And even though we may be persecuted, and we may not like that when it happens, it may be painful, it may be difficult to deal with, we still realize that we can have joy. And when there's persecutions or troubles or trials or struggles that we go through in His life, we still understand that God is with us and that should give us peace. In John chapter 16, verse 33, He says, "...these things have I spoken unto you that..." In Me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What's he saying? He's saying that in Christ, you can have peace. In this world that we live in, you're going to have problems. You're going to have tribulation. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. But you can still have that peace because you know that you're in Christ. And you have a better place. But this world is not our home. We are just passing through. And we need to understand that everything that we can see in this world is temporary. That even this body that we have is temporary. It's not going to last. And sometimes we get caught up in the little things and the things that bother us so much and we forget the big picture that this world is a place that we're just passing through. And we need to appreciate what God has prepared for us on the other side. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, "...now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost." We abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, it's not some miraculous measure. It's the joy of knowing the Word of God. And knowing that God is faithful to His Word, and knowing that we can retrust it and rely upon it, and it's something that we can that we can be obedient to. In Ephesians chapter five and verse eighteen: "And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit." Be filled with the Spirit. How do we fill ourselves with the Spirit? I believe that we do that by reading God's Word, putting it in our heart, mm-hmm. meditating on it, and applying it to our lives. You see, there's a lot of people that read the Bible, but they never apply it to their lives. Or they pick and choose. Sort of like going through the, through the buffet line. You pick what you want, and, and I like this and I don't like that. That's kind of like the way it is with the Bible sometimes. I like this part, I don't like that part, so I'm gonna I'll do this, but I don't want to do that. That's not what God wants for us. You want to be filled with the Spirit, then put God's word in your heart. And let it be seen in your life. You don't put a, you don't light a candle and put it under a bushel to hide it. Jesus said, When you are the light of the earth, and that light should be set on a hill where people can see it. God wants us to be that example to the world, to be active. First Peter chapter one verses seven through nine. It says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth? Why is the trying of our faith more precious than that? Gold that's been tried in the fire? That means all the impurities have been burned out of it. Why is our trials of our faith more precious? Well, he goes on, "...who will be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ Jesus, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye, ye see Him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul." Why is it important? that we might be found approved of God. So when we're going through those trials, when we're going through those struggles, when we're going through those difficult times, we need to look at the good that can happen. The good that can come out of those things. And what we can become because we've gone through those things. Do we like going through those things? I don't know anyone that likes to go through those struggles and difficulties of life. But I've known a lot of people that came out better on the other side than they were when they went in. That's the purpose of those trials. To test our faith. Sometimes we need to be tested to see if we're as strong as we think we are. Remember the words of Peter? I won't deny You, Lord. He said before the cock crows three times He'll deny me. No, not me. He thought He was strong. He thought he had great faith. He was willing to die. But when he was put to the test, he denied Christ. And then he went out and he wept bitterly. Brother, sometimes we're not as strong as we think we are. We need to be put to the test. And those tests will help us if we will allow them to do so. And so it all fits together. just like puzzle pieces. Love, obedience, and joy. God's plan fits together and God's plan always works when we do what God has told us to do. It's just that simple. Just do what you're told to do. It's hard to be obedient without love. It's hard to be obedient to a parent if there's no love. You know, sometimes you hear people say, oh, I love you, but then they do things that hurt people. There's really not love there. And when we love God, we're going to do what He's told us to do. And when our obedience is because of our love for God, it brings joy because we know that we have pleased our Lord and He is pleased with us. So you see how all of those fit together? How we can have love and obedience and joy? and You really can't have any of those three without them all together. Because love shows us what's important. And obedience is being obedient, following our Lord. And if we're going to deny self and take up our cross and follow Him, then obedience is necessary. And Jesus makes it very plain that He's the author of salvation unto those that obey Him. So we have to obey Him. And through our obedience, we have joy. Think about the Ethiopian eunuch. After he was baptized, what the Bible say, he went on his way rejoicing. Did he have joy in his heart? Yes, he did. Why? Because he had obeyed the Gospel. He seen the love of Christ and he knew that he loved Christ after he heard those words he obeyed those words and he was able to go away or go on his way rejoicing. My friend, if you're not a Christian, if you've not done what Jesus says you need to do in order to be saved, then you need to make changes in your life today. And you can do exactly what the eunuch did by going down into that watery grave of baptism and coming up out of that water, having your sins washed away. And in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, we see the picture of the death and the burial of Christ and his resurrection. And that's what baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. We go down into that water and we come up out of that water a new Christian. It's just that simple. And Jesus tells us that's what we need to do. The question is do we want to be obedient? Do we love him enough to do what he said we need to do in order to be saved? And when you do those things, you can go on your way rejoicing. And so this morning, if you're not a Christian, we would encourage you to become one. If you are a Christian, maybe you haven't lived like you should. Maybe you need to make some changes in your life. We would encourage you to do those things. Make those changes. And if something that we need ha- or you need help with, we're here to help you in any way that we can. We'll pray with you and for you. You have that opportunity to come and have a seat up here on the front row. Come well, together, we stand and sing.